You're listening to the Chasing Simple Podcast, episode number 18. Hey there, I'm your host, Amanda Warfield. I am so excited to share today's episode with you because I'm joined by my friend, Laylee Amati. Laylee and I have a lot in common. We're both cat ladies. We were both teachers prior to building our own businesses. We both drink too much coffee. And we both simultaneously love traveling and being homebodies. Seriously, the first time we ever chatted, it felt like we were long lost friends, which is why I knew that I had to have her on here and share her amazing personality with all of you. I've been sitting on this interview for entirely too long, and I am so dang pumped that it's out there to the world now. But first, a little more about Laylee. She's an educator, podcast host, and photographer with a heart for serving clients and fellow creatives. She believes in people first, always. Since she started her business, Laylee has served the creative industry with heartfelt encouragement, tell it like it is honesty, and a shared pursuit of the ever-elusive balance. With nearly a decade of experience in education, Laylee has unique teaching expertise and a passion for educating others. She's a connector with the distinctive ability to bring people together over heart-to-heart communication, and she isn't afraid to dig into vulnerable topics like imperfection, inclusivity, and burnout. And today she's doing just that with us. In this episode, we're diving into topics like burnout, fear, self-doubt, and making hard decisions in your business. This is such a great conversation, and by the end of it, you're going to want to be Laylee's bestie too. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey friends, so before we dive into this episode, I just want to take a moment to make sure that you're aware of this resource that I've created for you. So content creation, it's a lot of work, right? First, you've got to decide what to post about, then you've got to outline it. Next comes your rough draft, then your edits, and a second edit, and then more edits, and then you finally got your final draft. But then you still have to format it, create and choose the graphics and images you're going to use, and then finally you can schedule it. But that doesn't even include any of the work you have to do once it's out there for the world. It's exhausting, right? Now, you already know that I am all about using batching to speed this process up. But I kept hearing from y'all that the actual creation process also just takes a really long time for you. So I created a free audio training for you. Eight tips for faster content creation. 
This training is all about the actual writing process and how you can speed that along. And as always, it's really quick to listen to, learn from, and implement. If you're ready to speed up your content creation process, head on over to amandawarfield.com forward slash resources. Again, that's amandawarfield.com forward slash resources to snag that free audio training. Hit pause, get your hands on it, and start simplifying the content creation process. And then, of course, you can jump right back into this amazing episode. All right. Hi, Laylee. I'm so excited to have you on here. I know that when I was on your show, I just felt like we clicked so well. And so I'm so pumped to have you over here on mine and just to introduce you to my audience and let them get to know how amazing and wonderful you are. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited because I did love our conversation last time. Um, I am a educator for creative entrepreneurs, more specifically an educator for creative educators. It's very meta. It's very like, I feel like I'm just living in a loop, but it's (laughs) fine. Um, I'm also a photographer uh, by trade and I also have a podcast that you were on. So here's the thing. And I love that. It's just so, it's so much fun to have like that creative outlet. So that's a little bit about what I do now, um, but I'm excited to chat with you. I, I think the concept behind your podcast is, is awesome. So I'm excited to dive in. Thank you. It's so sweet. So I know that when you first started your business, you, you were a teacher, which is where the education portion comes in. And you really struggled with how much you love teaching, but also how much you loved the educational creative business, which I struggled with the same thing as a teacher. I loved teaching, but I also really loved being my own boss. So I would love for you just to talk on that a little bit and what that experience was like for you and how you were feeling and what made you end up deciding to go full-time with the creative business. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's, my story is a little bit different than like your average creative entrepreneur because most people are kind of doing their day job, having a really exciting side hustle that they want to build out and they want to eventually go full-time into. And they're so excited about that. And I did have all of that, but my day job, like you said, I was a high school teacher and I loved it. I had zero intention of ever becoming like a full-time photographer, let alone what I do now, which is, you know, the business consulting side of it, the, the actual like creative entrepreneur educator academy, all the things that I'm doing now. I had no intention of doing that because I loved what I did so much. Teaching was a huge part of my life. I really thought that if I left my career as a formal educator, that there was just no way to ever come back to that part of my life. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going 100% into my photography business and and that's it. I'm giving up teaching. And so it was really devastating for me. And because of that, I actually stayed in my teaching job probably two or three years longer than I should have, longer than what was mentally and emotionally and physically healthy for me because I I am the kind of person that gives 100%. So I was giving 100% to my business, 100% to my kids. Um, and by kids, I mean students. I don't have actual <laughs> children. <laughs> Trying to give 100% you know, to my husband and to my family. And there was 0% left for me. And I, I just burned out so badly that when I left, I left kind of like this shell of a person as opposed to like if I had actually been brave enough to leave two or three years earlier when it was possible with my side gig to like leave and and make that be my full-time career. But I was scared, like I said, that I wouldn't be able to teach anymore. So it's been really interesting to see the evolution of my own business over the past, you know, 
eight or nine years or however long since the day I started, um, just kind of escalate and, and bring on elements of teaching, of education, of working with people and seeing their growth and still being a photographer. Like it's just been so interesting to see that evolution of my career and how really all the things I was passionate about found their way into place in a really great way. The magic of teaching is, like you said, that connection and that when you see the light bulb click in someone and they've got it, it's just like the greatest feeling in the entire world. And so I can definitely relate to to being scared to leave that, especially when I moved into the business side of things, I knew that I was still doing some form of teaching. So I can only imagine how hard that must have been to think I'm giving this up for good. I I just can't, I don't know. I can't even imagine. I know you spoke on feeling burnt out. What ultimately was kind of the the point where you're like, I cannot do this anymore. This has to, like, I have to move on from this and I have to pick. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. I feel like we all have that like moment that we will never forget. And I remember so clearly one morning I woke up and it was the week before spring break for, you know, for us teachers and kids. And I just looked in the mirror and like, I had these terrible bags under my eyes and I looked just I looked destroyed. I'm not going to lie. I did not look good. And my husband was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. And he goes, I think you're having like an allergic reaction or something. And he literally thought the bags under my eyes, like the dark circles under my eyes were like a reaction to something. And I was like, no man, I'm just tired. Like I'm just beat up. And from there it led into like a really serious and very emotional conversation with him about how I just don't think I can do it all anymore. Like I'm falling apart. And so I went in and talked to my principal like the day after spring break. And I was like, listen, I, I, I think this is it. Mind you, I had already had this conversation with my principal like three times over the past three years. Like, this is it. This is my last year. And he would always find a way to like rope me back in. Any good teacher out there knows the heart that we have for our students. It's very easy to keep us where we are. And so my principal, who I had a great rapport with, was like, oh, you say this every year. Like, you're just tired. It's just your busy time. And I was like, no, no, I really can't do it. And so I remember that really clearly, just being semi-destroyed and being like, this is not who I am. Like, I'm I'm unhealthy. I'm not, I'm not really happy. Like, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I love what I do, but like, I'm still so exhausted that I feel like physically ill all the time. I also coached the dance team. So I was very, it was a very physically demanding job and photography was a very physically demanding job. And it was just a lot, you know, and I remember that so clearly just going in and saying that and and kind of falling apart. And then once I made that decision, it was a lot easier for me to kind of bounce back and really like soak in all the good things of my last semester teaching and being able to find a replacement and really like pouring my heart into that. And then building up my business from there. But what made you decide to go with photography over teaching? How did you choose which one to continue to pursue and which one to, at the time, put on the shelf? I feel like it is always really enlightening to see what people think through in those moments because I loved both things. Basically for me, I was kind of like, Okay, I I thought about it really logically. I'm a big pro con list person. I'm a big just write it out, think it out, talk it out kind of person. And what I did was I looked at both careers and I said, okay, I could hypothetically teach for the rest of my life. My teaching certificate is not going to expire. I can jump in, give photography one year. And that's what I did initially. I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a year. If it's still this busy, if it's still this rewarding, if I feel okay, then I'll, you know, 
then there, there it goes. Like I made the right choice. If not, I can always come back to teaching. I can always find another teaching job. And that might sound overly confident for anybody who's listening. Who's like, we can't just be like, Oh, well find another job. But I was really secure. And like, I don't want to sound cocky, but I was secure in my teaching abilities. And like, I had a really great relationship with all of my administrators and I had a really great network of educators who I'm still friends with to this day. I also will say it was helpful. You know, classroom teachers, a lot of times will do tutoring. I did, I still do and did um, freelance choreography for dance teams at local high schools. So I still had that connection with the community, with the kids. And then as a photographer, I work with dancers and high school seniors, aside from the weddings I was doing at the time. I don't shoot weddings anymore, but you know, so I still had my hand in things. And I just thought when I'm looking at it as like an outside perspective, teaching will always be there. It's really secure. I could always go back, but I can't go back in time and be like, oh, let me just try this career that I let go of, you know, and then have to build a client base back up, build a reputation back up. Like I had spent years of part-time hustle building up a portfolio, building up a client base, building up a reputation. And you can't really go back and redo that. I mean, you can, but it would suck. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, I just chose the one that I thought like, okay, this has the least this has a calculated risk as opposed to the other way around. That's kind of like, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to be courageous. I'm not going to be brave. I'm going to play it completely safe. And then I'd have to start from square one if it doesn't go well. I love that you, you tackle that from both an emotional side of things, but also the logical. I know that you're very, very organized as well and very analytical. So I love that. After you made the decision, you're, you finished up your teaching year. What did that look like? I mean, obviously you were successful with the photography business, right? You've grown so much since then and you've pivoted and continued to to grow. But was there ever a time where you wondered, did I make the right decision or was it full steam ahead, super confident the whole time? I What was that like? Oh yeah. Oh, there were so many times I was like, did I make the right decision? Ironically, I mean, I'm just, I'm a really, I'm an open book. So some of you are gonna be like, wow, that's an overshare. I, I literally like doubled my salary within the first year of being full-time as a photographer. So I like, I was killing it financially. Business was booming as they say, so cheesy. But honestly, I did think like, did I make the right decision so many times when I was seeing my, um, like my educator peers being able to talk about their students. And like, I was still going to, you know, the football games for the dance team. And I was still going to their shows. And that stuff was like huge to me. It's its own world. So if you're unfam, I mean, think back to high school. Anybody who's listening has been hopefully to some kind of school in their life. Think back to any of your schooling, that community, it's its own world. And to pull yourself out of that world is so emotionally difficult and it's such a struggle and it can be really, really hard. I had this thriving business, but at the same time, I was like, I really miss my life. Like I miss my job. I miss something I was so good at. And like anytime you switch careers, period, you're like, I'm going from something where I have so much experience and knowledge. I know what I'm doing backward and forward. Like my bosses, even though I had a boss to report to, my principals trusted me implicitly. Like I, I had full domain of my department and of my job as a teacher and as a coach um, because I had earned that trust. So I let go of something I was very good at and very secure in to build up something that I did build up well, but it was still like, the end of the day, it's all on you. At the end of the day, like you're watching your peers do things that you loved and you were good at, and you are scrounging for ways to like 
market and be better and learn how to run a business, you know, full force because you only get out of it what you put into it. So yeah, there were definitely times when I was like, what the heck did I just do? This was this was a move. Like maybe I should go back. And and that was mostly an emotional pull. I'm not gonna lie. It was mostly emotion. There was a lot of self-doubt. Um just, you know, a lot of pressure to be the best of the best. And even though business was going really well, and even though I was making a lot of money, the pitfall of the first year was like, I'm not doing enough, even though I'm doing a lot, I felt like I needed to do more. And so, yeah, there was, that was like a long winded answer, but basically, yes, there was a lot of, a lot of doubt. And a lot of times when I was questioning my decision-making. Thank you for the transparency. I'm all about that here, actually. I'm super for it. And I love that despite the fact that you were so successful as, as far as, you know, what the world would consider successful, right? You still had those doubts. And I mean, ultimately, I would assume that you would say you made the right decision, but it's still not easy. And that, I don't know, I was a preschool teacher, but I also, when we were living in Washington, I volunteered with the youth group weekly. And there's just something about that high school age where they just pull you in. I miss them so desperately and I didn't have a choice. I had to leave them. But at the same time, it was coming up to a place where I was like, all right, I'm 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 getting old now. Like I'm not cool to you guys anymore. You probably need younger youth leaders. But they that that age is just, I don't know. They pull you in emotionally for sure. So you were doing all the photography and you still do some. And then you pivoted into teaching through your creative business, which I just think is so cool that you were able to bring that back into your life. Tell us a little bit about that and how how that all kind of shook out. Is that the same? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a... It's so funny when I look back on it because to me, everything is just kind of like organically led into the next step. But really, I've probably made, if I sit down and map it out, I've made like three or four big pivots in my creative business. And it's unsurprising to me just because I was kind of the person who always had more than one job. You know, I, I worked really random jobs. I was the person that like in college, we'd drive past somewhere and I'd be like, oh, I used to work there. I used to work there. And like, I just thought it was fun. Like I love to be a part of a lot of different communities. And so with the teaching, it started really organically for me. Um, I When I went full time, I had some of my teens and some of their parents reach out and be like, Hey, you know, I bought Susie Q this camera, like, can you teach me how to use it? And so that led into teaching intro to photography classes, just like on nights and weekends. It was cute. It was a lot of like parents and their teens or just their teens or, um, and then that led into like, as I grew in to like a leadership position in the creative community in Dallas, where I'm located through Rising Tide Society and Tuesdays Together, I led that group. And that led to meeting a lot of creatives. So like bloggers and makers wanted to learn how to use their camera. So a lot of it was photography centered education, but I was still teaching. And I thought, you know, it's one of those people that like, or it's one of those things where when people say like, oh, you, you explain this so much better than like this course that I bought. And like, I, I, now I get how to use my camera. I took it for granted because I've been trained just as you were in education. We went through years and years of training, of, of certifications, of professional development throughout our teaching careers. Like when you're a teacher, you are not done. Like every year they put you through PD, like professional development days, and they put you through all this training summers and, you know, uh, like teachers never really get a break. We're still learning how to better serve our students and our, our communities. And so anyway, all that to say, my education part of my business 
was really just kind of like an organic growth thing. And then from there, it turned into some of those people becoming photographers. And then they wanted business advice and they wanted to know how I did it. And like I said, I'm just kind of all have always been an open book. So I started, you know, mentoring and coaching um, these like budding photographers, which led to other entrepreneurs wanting business advice. And then eventually that kind of led to like speaking opportunities. So the speaking picked up and that led to meeting more creatives who wanted more help. And then just recently in the past few years, um, I'd say in the past like two or three years that it became people wanting to speak and asking me as a speaker, like, how did you do that? People wanting to teach and do workshops. I also started hosting workshops for photographers and retreats for creatives. And people would see these things and they would ask me like, hey girl, like, how are you doing that? And again, as an open book, I was like, well, let me tell you, (laughs) sit down. I'll tell you all about it. (laughs) Cause I just don't view things as competitive or as people trying to like sneak in and take my information. Like I'm like, take it, man. Like if you have Google, there's no such thing as a secret. Like let's talk it through and I'll help you do it in the right way, which led to my um, developing an online course for creatives who want to become educators, which it's the creative educator Academy. And that teaches people who have never learned how to teach how to take something they're really good at and teach it to other people. And so it's just, like I said, it's very meta, but like to me, it was such an organic path Mm -hmm. that it just kind of like unfolded in a really positive way. That makes it sound also like not to fluff over it. Like it was, there was a lot of hard stuff in there where I had to learn a lot and I had to, you know, sit down with processes and I had to work with different people to, to really streamline it all. But the actual development of that part of my business was super organic. It was just, it just made sense. It just kind of unfolded in a really nice way. I love looking back on journeys. I know that's such a cliche term, but whether it's a business journey or just in life and you're just seeing the way things have interwoven to get you to where you are now. And you're like, holy cow, that really sucked in the moment. But I'm so glad I went through that because now I get to do this. And that brought me here and like, that, that stuff always blows my mind. I think that's so cool. Oh my gosh, yes. And like, we don't do that very often, do we? Like, I feel like I live in my, I, as, as I was saying that, I was like, oh, wow, that was, that was a good journey. <laughs> like, okay. Like you said, there's so many times when, for, just for as an example, I would apply to speak somewhere and I'd get rejected and I'd be like devastated for, you know, 24 hours. And now, you know, years later, I'm, I still get rejections. I mean, we always get rejections, but I also am getting like keynote pitches and like, you know, there's just like a lot that you don't look back on because you're focusing on your current struggle. That's really interesting. Or you're so focused on the future that you're not stopping to appreciate where you're at right now and what you did to get yourself there or what happened to get you there. You know, you're so, yeah. anyways, that's kind of a tangent, but I just think I love listening to people's stories and seeing their, how it's all been interwoven into one one road that has seemed really twisty because when you get rejections and you get the hard things, you're like, dang, like I thought I was on this path and now I'm going down this one, but really you're on one path the whole time. It just feels like it's twisting and turning. And anyways, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So what would you say to someone who is having to make a hard choice? Maybe it's similar to yours from the beginning where you were trying to figure out, do I keep teaching or do I move into photography? Maybe it's something totally different, but they're having to make a really hard decision in their business and they kind of don't know where to even begin. And I know you kind of touched on this earlier, but what advice would you have for them? Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is really just 
kind of taking the emotion out of it first if you can and really looking at the big picture. A lot of times as creatives, as entrepreneurs, we are so personally tied to whatever it is that we do that we go in really emotional and we go in um, really personal. And I think that that can sometimes be a hindrance. I I think it can help in some situations, but in in decision-making, I think it can sometimes hold us back. And so I would just encourage anybody who has like a, a tough decision to make in business to kind of take the emotion out of it, really look at it from a big picture perspective, um, list out every single factor that kind of feeds into one way or the other. And then of course, tie that emotion back into it. Because I do think that at the end of the day, like it is our personal businesses, we should be personally invested in our decision-making. But I do think that like a first first step or first few steps would be to kind of just take an impartial look as impartial as you can possibly get. And if you can't get impartial, get yourself a mentor, get a coach, get a accountability buddy, get somebody else who you trust, who's maybe like walked the path before you or is walking alongside you to take take a hard look and be able to give you like hard feedback as well. Cause sometimes some people really struggle with self-awareness and, and some people really struggle with being able to give yourself tough love. Like it either it's one extreme or the other. You're either like too nice to yourself or you're too mean to yourself and you're beating yourself up. So it's, it's nice to have like a second pair of eyes on things too. So that's maybe like one or two first steps. Having someone else look into your business from above or whatever they see things so much more clearly because they don't have the emotion tied to it. Whereas when we're in the thick, I mean, we're in the thick of it, right? You see the forest all around you. It's it's a lot more difficult to see things clearly. Whereas if they're looking down, they can just, they can see the path right through the trees that you can't see. And so, yeah, having someone that you can talk to. Also, I'm just going to add to that. Having someone that you can talk to, you, you t- touched on this, but that understands what it is that you're doing and going through specifically, like someone else that's in the creative industry because it's great to talk to your husband and your best friend, but if they don't really get it, they're not going to be able to help you make a logical decision. They can help talk you through the emotions and they can listen to you talk through it. But I know that we were talking before this about the pivot I just went through and it was wonderful to talk to my husband, but he doesn't get it because he's not in this. And so he could only say, you got to do what you feel is right. And that's not exactly helpful (laughs) in this kind of decisions. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes it can, it can actually like deter you from making the right decision. Um, not like my husband, yes, but I would go a lot of times to like my mentors from my past careers and they would give me their opinion. But now when I think about their opinions, I'm like, man, they were off base. Like nothing about that was good advice. It was terrible advice for what I was doing, but they were only giving me like the best advice that they could. And they did not have the background, the knowledge, the know-how to give me really clear-cut rational advice and clarity. They were just like speaking to what they could and what they could was not enough for what I needed. Right. It's like you wouldn't ask a car mechanic to give a chef at a five-star restaurant advice on how to cook. It's just two totally different things. And the online business space, there is such an ease of entry that I think the line is blurred sometimes between the creative online space and any other career because it's so similar in so many ways, especially to education, like you've shown all of us. And so I think it's so easy for us to want to go to other people. What would be one action step that you would want to give all of the listeners this week? Yeah. Um, I think one really good action step I would recommend is just kind of writing it all down. Um, whatever format that is for you. I am not a journaler. I'm just going to go ahead and like 
put that out there. I don't journal. I don't love it. Like I'm not that person who's like, my morning routine involves coffee and my journal. Like I'm like, coffee and a music maybe like I I'm not one to write things down. So that's why I I want to say that because some people will listen to this and be like I'm not writing this down. However that comes out for you if that's typing out a Google Doc, if that's drawing if you're more artistic and you want to draw like a mind map and you want to draw, you know, like with stuff coming out from every direction, you want to doodle with it, whatever. If that's a pro con list, just like straight up benefits and, and you know, the cons of a decision or whatever, well, however it comes out and manifests for you, I guess my action step I would encourage everybody to do is to actually like get your thoughts out of your head and get them somewhere where you can look at them as though you were a third party. That, that one small step I think will do wonders for you in terms of decision-making. I love that. And look at it as if you were a third party. That's great. Okay. So I like to end every episode with a book recommendation. So what is one book that you would recommend that everyone needs to go read right now? So many, man. There's so many books. In fact, I have a stack of books, literally like I'm staring at them right now. I want, I, can I like read all of these books for yeah, you? And then, for and then I'll, I'll end with like my one. Okay. I'll just read one, two. I'll read four of them really fast. Okay. <laughs> so Seth Godin, This is Marketing. Seth Godin, Tribes. I really like him. Um, jab, 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 Right Hook. Gary Vee. Um, and then I have th- literally three Brené Brown books stacked one on top of another. And I'm going to end with the one book that you have to read. But the three are Rising Strong, Braving the Wilderness, and then Dare to Lead. And Dare to Lead, if you are listening to this because you saw my name or you saw Creative Educator Academy or you saw leadership or speaking or teaching or education or whatever it is, Dare to Lead is going to teach you all about stepping into a role of leader stepping into leadership and developing the courage and the bravery and all of the things that you need in order to become a really amazing leader. And so clearly I love me some Brene Brown, (laughs) but Dare to Lead would be the one if I had to choose one for, for this talk. That's the one. That's a great book. I actually even convinced my husband to read that and Russell approves. So 10 out of 10 recommend. Oh, Lily, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. I, I love being able to chat with other creatives and this is awesome. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you loved most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time. Hey, friend. So the fact that you listened to this all the way until the end is kind of amazing, honestly, and I applaud you. But I wanted to share some bloopers with you. I haven't done this before, but when we were recording this episode, Lily and I, we had a lot of fun. So there are some silly bloopers that I just wanted to pop here in the end as a little bonus for you, and I hope that you enjoy. All the way around. Very (laughs) approval. Okay. I don't know what's wrong with me today. 10 out of 10 recommends. (laughs) Very approval. Love being able to chat with other creatives and this is awesome. I can't wait.
That was awkward. I can't wait. I can't wait to come talk to you again is what I was going to say, because I feel like we have talked like every week, even though we just met. 